Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 28, season three of the Daily Mission podcast, the first of 2023. It's been a long break. Co-piloting today's episode. My close friend from my undergrad university, Mitch Racine. Mitch, how are we doing today, my man? Gregory, thank you very much for the intro, and thanks for having me on the podcast today. Doing good, man. Uh, start of the year, you know, a lot of things, new beginnings, fresh starts, um, you know, working on working on myself and uh, focusing on having a, a huge 2023. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of refreshing. Eh? I mean, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, it's just another day and it's just another month. And, you know, for, but for whatever, for whatever reason, it's kind of a fresh start. And, and uh, you know, whatever those bad habits you've been looking to drop or the things that you've been putting off and been looking to do, you know, it's kind of just seems like a new chapter for everybody. So I'm excited for 2023. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we look back on 2022, uh, what a crazy year in sports. I mean, it's just been, you know, it, it's kind of been the coming out of COVID year and things are back on track. It feels like things are, uh, are, uh, back to normal in the, in the world. So that's, that's always nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it's really just an excuse to, uh, to start fresh and, and like you said, quit those bad habits. Um, you have any New Year's resolutions over there, Mr. Greg? Uh, I mean, not, not, nothing crazy. I've got some goals set. I would like to start boxing. Uh, I, I would like to get to the point where I can call out some guys and maybe fight in like a rough and rowdy or something like that. Um, there's a boxing gym not far away from where I live and I've been telling myself, I was I'm gonna pop in and and you know throw you know hit the bag a bit, but I have yet to do it. So I hope that I I garner up enough um, you know courage to go and and throw some uh, throw some punches at the bag. So I want to get boxing. Uh, but any uh, any resolutions for yourself, my man? Um, yeah, you have some massive mitts there, so so I can see that. But uh, <laughs> nothing uh, nothing crazy, just uh, just you know keep like I said, continuing a lot of self improvement and. Um, and just keep crushing it at work and, and outside of work and uh, we'll, we'll see where things take off, but don't want to, you know, put too much pressure on myself or, or you know, look too into it. But, uh, but no, I'm very excited for a 2023. Yeah. It's big year, Jordan year. Um, all right, listen, we, uh, I do want to announce too in the pregame show here, we got quarter one, we got some NFL talk. Uh, Mitch and I are going to dive into the NFL quarter two. We'll talk about the NBA quarter three. We've got some NHL world junior action. The world juniors have been absolutely phenomenal. A lot of the listeners, Mitch are American, so not sure how they're feeling about things. And then quarter four, we got the PGA tour back in the mix this week. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, but just continuing on in the pregame show, we've got the one and done pool starting this week. So if you haven't joined the one and done pool, get in that. Um, I know it's a super exciting time, uh, for golf fans. You pick a golf for every week uh wherever they finish you'll receive their earnings for that week uh and cumulatively at the end of the year whoever's got the most money wins the pool Mitch, you excited for the one and done hell yeah i'm in there 519 mitch come at me i'm looking for that top spot looking for some merch um we can uh dive into it a little bit later but might even give away who uh, who i got for 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 this week yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we'll definitely get into it in quarter four. Who we're liking for the one and done. Obviously, a tough week in the first week is a reduced field, but we'll get into all that. Um, Mitch, I was reading online, uh, and I know you're a big golfer or have been in the past, and I know you still swing the sticks every uh, every so often. But so Costco has come out with like a golf line, and, and their Kirkland, their signature line of foods, and and kind of their store brand has released in the last few years like golf balls, and they got into a big kind of court case with the Titleist Pro V's and how they copied them and Kirkland balls. And then there was the Kirkland Potter and Kirkland wedges. And now there's a Kirkland two iron. I don't know what your stance is, but I think it's complete dust. If you're like, you're a 15 plus handicap, if you're using the Kirkland gear. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I've heard some mixed mixed reviews. I've heard, oh, is it a tailor made club rebranded as a as a Kirkland? <laughs> I will admit, I am a user of the golf balls. Okay. Really <laughs> okay. 
so I was a, a trendsetter there. I've been on them for about three seasons now. Um, and I've gotten a lot of people onto them. Um, I was told at one point it was a TP5, but rebranded. Who knows really if it's uh, made in the same factory. That's kind of where those rumors started. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I can buy into the irons, but, um, but the golf balls sign me up. I did get a dozen for uh, in my stocking actually, so I was thinking that they might go in the shag bag though. The uh, the kind of like the chipping, because I mean I don't know if I could game a Kirkland. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I mean it's just it's hard for me to get away from the uh, the 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 TP fives, the Pro Vs. I actually do you know what I do games to the uh, the Callaway Chrome Softs. I had an ace with them two summers ago, and I've been on them. Man, I love they're juicier on the greens. They've got great soft feel. Um, might get mixed reviews though, but I've been a Callaway Chrome Soft guy. Just the regular Chrome Soft. You can get maybe sometimes with the triple track, but you can get them dimpled with like logos and like a soccer ball. I'm away from those. No chance. Yeah, those are a bit uh, bit gimmicky. But uh, at this point in my career, like you said, I'm I'm not swinging the sticks as much as I uh, used to. So just kind of looking for that that price point. And, yep. You know, you're losing a couple balls around. You don't want to be uh, losing Pro Vs. No, absolutely. Uh, just finally in the pregame show here, Mitch. Uh, so I mean, Saudi Arabia continues to make huge headlines across sports. Obviously, putting a huge divide into the golf world, and now they're throwing their chips at the football slash soccer world and they've signed Ronaldo a team in Saudi Arabia and they're throwing the bag at him I think he's going to be making over 200 million dollars a year but I mean is just is are they going to be going are they going to start a hockey league like we could be seeing Connor McDavid heading over there making 60 million dollars a year playing hockey I mean these guys are buying up everything I know yeah I'm uh it might be a hot take but I do think it's uh it does kind of kind of feel like if a Tiger Woods went to live, I, um, you know, I'm not sure if everyone else I've talked to a lot of big Ronaldo fans. And I think a lot of people are a bit upset at this. Um, I saw an interview a few years ago with Ronaldo saying that he would never end his career in a league like uh, the MLS or in one of those Saudi leagues and, you know, fast forward and money talks. So uh, unfortunately he's heading over there kind of think it's, it ruins a bit of the integrity of the game and kind of takes him out of that goat discussion. I know you uh, spoke on this in the last pod, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely team Messi over team Ronaldo. Yeah, I am as well. I mean, I, I look at this and uh, you know, how much money do you need? I mean, Ronaldo was the fourth paid uh, fourth highest paid athlete last year in the Forbes list. It's well over $90 million. It might've been $115 million. Like, like, how much money do you need? Like, what are you planning to do with this money? And obviously, you're setting up generations and generations. But, I mean, I just don't understand, you know, at a certain point, like, I obviously, I can't talk from this perspective. But at a certain point, like, you just, you have money that you can't spend. And, like, you know, I just don't understand chasing that that type of bag. And I, I understand it from the golfers a little bit more because the pay, you know, wasn't, uh, it wasn't guaranteed in, in, um, in the golf world. But uh, anyway, it's, it's interesting and it's certainly, you know, making some serious noise. I'm just curious to know, like, when is this going to end? You know, obviously we know how deep their pockets are and the royal family in Saudi Arabia is rumored to be, you know, they've got trillions of dollars and, and, uh, it's uh they're making noise so you know we'll we'll uh, we'll tip our hats to the saudis i mean they're uh, entering the sports world and they're doing it in a big way um but mitch let's head into the quarter one we're gonna talk about the nfl it's been uh it's been i mean obviously i haven't recorded in a couple weeks i took a nice long break so uh there's been a lot of news uh come out but before we get into the nfl we'll just talk quickly about the college football uh scene because there's been you know i mean there's countless bowl games and that's something that i will never wrap my head around is the amount of bowl games and how you qualify for the bowl games uh, i had a linebacker on from indiana earlier this year and uh unfortunately they didn't make the bowl games but i talked to him about it i was like man there, there's so many different bowl games it's crazy uh but mitch on the weekend we had the the national semifinals uh we had tcu taking on michigan and we had georgia and ohio state did you catch these games yeah i was lucky enough to catch a good chunk of both games obviously being on on new year's eve and was up to some festivities wasn't able to be as uh, dialed in as i'd like but uh but saw the the end results and and honestly quite uh, quite shocked with the, the horn frogs a, a bit of a michigan guy i got a chance to go to the big house with uh with a good buddy shout out to uh, caleb white that's right homecoming a few years ago and kind of been um locked into them ever since so i was a bit disappointed with that result but a hell of a game man i was very disappointed as well uh i was in the chalkboard shout out to the chalkboard community but i was in the chalkboard saying how I was on the Michigan money line and Georgia money line. Um, just a serious chalk parlay. Uh, obviously didn't come into fruition because, yeah, the Horned Frogs are moving to the national championship. And, um, you know, I think that that, you know, was a big surprise for a lot of people. And I feel as if Michigan kind of fell behind the eight ball early in that game. 
uh, Mitch, there was a pick six and, you know, just things just didn't work out for them. And, and that's the thing with college football. I find, you know, like with, with college students, it's just, you know, the, uh, it, the, the probability of things happening is just, it, it, there's just so much more variance and, and, uh, you know, obviously it was a great game. And then the Georgia Ohio state game, Georgia ended up winning by one 42, 41. I mean, uh, you know, that, that surprised a lot of people. And I mean, it's just, it, it's coming to an end, but we got the national final set TCU versus Georgia. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, just going back to that uh, Ohio State game, man. How do you feel about uh, Noah Ruggles, the the kicker there? Man, when I saw him step up and, and shank that left, it looked like me after <laughs> pumping a drive on a short par four and, uh, and shanking a wedge shot. But uh, man, you you got to feel for that guy. You know, he's not doing this professionally. He's probably just there to you know pay for school and get an education, and he probably wakes up with death threats galore and. Um, just want to give him a little, give him a little shout out there, man. It's not easy being a kicker. It's, it's a grind. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough for sure. I mean, it, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's not as lucky in the bar scene as well. I mean, kicker's not the most, uh, desirable position in terms of the studs in the football team. So yeah, you got to feel for him. And, but I mean, at the same time, man, you got to make that kick. I mean, it's, you know, that's what you're on the team to do. And yeah, you, there's uh it was definitely a tough scene, but we get the national championship. I think it's next Monday, if I'm not mistaken, Mitch, a week from today. Um but uh that'll be exciting. Uh I'm going to be riding Georgia for back to back. I'm I'm just I think TCU folds, but they proved me wrong against Michigan, who knows, but I'm all over Georgia. Who do you like in the final? Yeah, I got to go Georgia too. Um last year's team was obviously some call the the greatest college football team ever assembled. I'd lean towards the uh, LSU team with my guy Burrow, but uh, I don't think we've seen back-to-back champs since Bama did it in 2011-2012 with my man AJ McCarron. Oh, absolute smoke wagon of a girlfriend too. She was taking all the TV time. Uh, I do remember that national championship game. That was actually our, our uh, the second one was our first year university. Crazy. Um, but uh, but Mitch, moving into the NFL, my man, uh, a couple of running backs passed away in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I did want to mention this because I always like to give shout outs to these types of people. Um, Franco Harris, uh, the uh, running back in the Immaculate Reception um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously a legend, passes at 72. And, and Ronnie Hillman, former uh, Denver Bronco running back, played uh, for the Broncos when Peyton Manning was there, um, passes away with cancer at a young age of 32. So rest in peace. Uh, to those individuals, and it's always sad uh, when the sports community loses, um, you know, some uh, some of their athletes due to uh, you know due to cancer and uh, you know circumstances of like these. Yeah, no, definitely rest in paradise to, to both of them. That's uh, you know some absolute legends of their respective franchises, and uh, like you said, just tough, tough, tough to see. Absolutely. All right, Mitch. Well, listen, buddy, we've got some serious news to talk about here in the NFL and we're starting things off with Trevor Lawrence. So Trevor Lawrence, let's be honest, he was not getting a lot of love. You know, his rookie season was kind of shaky. Um, you know, it was it wasn't pretty in Jacksonville last season. I mean, with Urban Meyer, things weren't looking fantastic, but his second season, I mean, after the 2 and 5 start that they get off to, you know, things are not looking great. But Trevor Lawrence has been an absolute machine the last seven weeks. Dougie P has those guys buzzing, and they're going to be a playoff team. They are leading the AFC South. I'm extremely impressed with Travis Etienne. I think Trevor Lawrence, he doesn't really have that big weapon. I guess you could consider uh, Christian Kirk, but at times it's been Zay Jones. Evan Ingram's had a lot of big games. I mean, he's got a plethora of weapons. He'll have Calvin Ridley next season, mind you. But I really like what I'm seeing from the Jaguars, and I'm full on on the bandwagon. Yeah, no, I love seeing guys live up to their potential. And we all knew, we all saw it at Clemson. We, we saw what he had. It took him a little while, but man, you got to really hand it to Dougie P. I think he's a quarterback whisperer, former quarterback himself. Um, what he did with the Eagles there to, to win a Super Bowl with Foles and then uh, to come in here, take a year off, and then uh, pick his team um, and, and just seeing Lawrence do it. It's, it's, it's awesome to see these kids succeed uh, after, you know, all the hype. Yeah, absolutely. I I really like what I see from Lawrence. I mean, he hasn't really had the the the, like the big rushing games like you would have at Clemson, but he's still you know a, a mobile quarterback for sure. And yeah, I mean, I don't think this team's got the talent to win the Super Bowl this year. 
But with all the picks they've accumulated and all these picks, you know, working out, uh, especially in the defense, um, I think that they, you know, they could be a threat for sure, especially with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is going to be a sneaky guy next year in NFL fantasy because if he's been working out and stayed in shape, I mean, this guy is a freak of nature. Uh, obviously traded there from Al, uh, from Atlanta and, uh, at, the, at the trade deadline. Um, man, a very interesting story here. A lot of the NFL world had written off Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But the mushroom machine, Aaron Rodgers, has this team buzzing. They are in a win-and-in game next week against the Detroit Lions. They absolutely dismantled the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know what to think of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. It seems like, I mean, Jerry Alexander completely shut down Justin Jefferson. But if uh, if you can take away Justin Jefferson, I don't know what the Vikings are. I mean, I love Dalvin Cook as well, but... I mean, the Packers are are they're, they've got a chance to make the playoffs, which is extremely survive, uh, extremely surprising. And, and Mitch, what do you think about uh, the Packers and the Vikings moving forward into the playoffs here? Yeah, I, this Packers Lions game, I do have circled. We know what's in Green Bay. Uh, I like what I've seen from Goff, but uh, you could never count Rodgers and Brady. These veterans, they've been here. These moments, you know, the moment's never going to be too big for them. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see the Packers sneak in, and then once they're in, man, you know, they're they're in the dance. Anyone can make a run, especially Rodgers. And, and like you said, Alexander had an unbelievable game there. I mean, he hit the gritty on you know, the guy known for the gritty. That was <laughs> that was something else. Unreal. Couldn't believe he didn't get flagged because it was right in front of the ref. And I know you know it's the no fun league sometimes, but uh, it was a pass interference too. Like I thought that play was a pass interference. Like I thought he grabbed Jeff Jefferson. I thought he was a little handsy on that play. I thought it should have been a pass interference. And then I certainly thought that the celebration grittying in his face was going to be flagged. But the refs had put him away. I guess. Yeah, no, and I don't have anything against that. I like letting these guys, you know, do that stuff. They're they're you know the two of the best athletes in the on the planet at their respective sport positions. So uh, love seeing that. But uh, no, I'm that game. I've dialed in for. Cannot wait. There's I think a few other winning in games. So next week, I mean, it's week 18. I mean, of course, it's lots of important games, lots riding on it. But uh, yeah, man, I can't wait. I do see the Packers beating the Lions, but would I be happy to see the Lions in? Hell yes, that would be awesome for their franchise. Um, just seeing those teams that, you know, have struggled for so long. Um, it's always fun, an underdog story, especially with golf and and just, you know, they're biting kneecaps over there. Man, it, it would be incredibly electric if we had the Detroit Lions. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't this seem like just an opportune time for the Detroit Lions to Detroit Lions this and lose to the Packers? The Packers have owned them through the time of, I mean, I guess just through the entire time of the NFC North. I mean, has there been a year where the Green Bay Packers haven't just absolutely owned the Detroit Lions? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing that game, but I will be betting on the Lions because you know they're going to be underdogs and you know it's going to be a great story if Dan Campbell can rally those troops. What a game that's going to be. But like you said, Mitch, there's a few more winning in games and one of them being my beloved New England Patriots on the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have opened up at eight-point favorites. I don't know if the Patriots can get this done. I don't even know if Patriots fans want them to get this done. I mean, I don't think they've got the talent uh, on offense or even the play calling on offense to be a successful team in the playoffs. It's always nice to have a playoff game. Um, but as it stands right now, they would play the Bills in the playoffs. But, I mean, what do you? how do you feel about this game? I mean, obviously, we've got a massive game tonight. We should preface this by saying we've got your Bengals taking on the Bills. I mean, that's going to be a massive one as well. Oh, exactly. It's funny that, yeah, they're eight-point dogs. We don't know if there's going to be injuries tonight. Yeah. Uh, all these things. Like, there's so much that could happen tonight that could affect the game against the Pats. Yeah. But like you said, I know you grew up a Pats fan, but, man, is that offense hard to watch. Yeah. They cannot move the ball. Like, the only way they're moving the ball is penalties, and, and it's just uh, – it's been tough. I, I really root for Mac Jones. Um, he seems like a good kid. And Billy Ball game, I've always been a Belichick guy. So so want to see that. But we'll see. I don't know how much. I think the Bills, they're still going to have something to play for no matter what. So I don't know if they lose to the Bengals and they you know don't have a chance at that one seed. If they're going to sit guys, rest guys, how, how they're going to play it. But if they win tonight. Um, I think they'll they'll still have to win to beat out KC for that buy. So uh, I I don't give the Pats a, a big chance, but it's uh, Belichick. I can never count that guy out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of rumors around to the Patriots right now, Mitch, with with Bruce or uh, with Bill O'Brien, sorry, coming in next year to call the offense and. I mean, it's just been a it's been a weird year for the Patriots. It's been a weird couple years. Uh, obviously, the transition from Tom Brady was going to be weird, but I found it extra weird too. 
um, with the quarterback controversy at one point and Mac Jones trying to grow and the, you know, <clears throat> you know, Josh McDaniels leaving. It's just been a really weird show. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they've got a ton of cap space next year, so we'll see what they can do. I just don't think it's going to be their year. I don't think they're a team that could go on a Cinderella run. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, really excited about tonight's game. Uh, obviously, you're leaning towards the Bengals. Um, it's going to be a heck of a football game. This is a finally a fire Monday nighter. I mean, last night we had the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, the Steelers ended up winning. Kenny, two gloves. How are you? Uh, but I'm really excited about the game tonight, Mitch. Yeah, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i already uh, a little nervous thinking about it, but, uh, you know, this is what uh, Joe Burrow does. He, he, you know, comes up big in these big moments. Let's see if he can continue the the run. We're, we're on a, you know, a heater right now. Um, I'm going to go on record and say I do believe this is going to be a bit of more of a low-scoring game. In these games, we anticipate all this offense. Um, I'm sure you've been tuned into the Bengals, but, man, we have a great defense. It's, it's, I think it's been under kind of appreciated by the media. Uh, I think we've only had one 300-yard passer. Um, we didn't allow a touchdown in the second half, the first like eight games of the year. Um, it's just a cohesive unit. It doesn't have a lot of uh, names that people might know. But, uh, man, they work together well. They communicate well, there well. We, we have a lot of great disguising in our zone coverages, and uh, we can play man-to-man. We've lost some big pieces, but we're still, uh, we're still looking good. And wouldn't be shocked if this is somewhere in the neighborhood of like a 21-17 um, kind of game. Is it still Vaughn Bell and Jesse Bates uh, at the safety position, Mitch? Exactly. Yeah, you got great, that right. great safeties. I mean, you know, the secondary. I mean, in terms of like the safety position, I find sometimes goes underrated um, on a football team because you know, obviously they're covered, they're in coverage, but they obviously they come up to the line and stop the run as well. I can go on the blitz. So I really, I'm a big fan of safeties. Obviously, Derwin James is probably my favorite as uh, for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But yeah, what a great duo to have uh, there. You know, just a kind of your safety blanket there for the for the uh, for the Bengals D. Yeah, we got to uh, pay Jesse. He's on a he's on a franchise tag this year, so we could franchise tag him again. But I would just like to see the man get paid. He's done a lot for us. Second round pick out of Wake Forest, and uh, like you said, safeties are super important. But we did sign Dax Hill. We drafted him first round last to Michigan safety. Yep. So he's been playing slot for us because we're so injured. Yep. But um, people thought that that might kind of mean that that Bates could be going to the open market. Uh-oh. Go secure the bag. We'll see. Uh, DBs have been getting paid. But, uh, Mitch, just continuing on, uh, I was on the Buccaneers minus three and a half yesterday, and I put a large amount of money, a unit that I'm very uncomfortable betting with typically. But I was very confident that the uh, the Bucs were going to win that game by three and a half, and um, they got down 14 nothing. and uh, I took a – I mean, my underpants were smeared with shit. Uh, I was extremely worried. Uh, but obviously, come back, Tom Brady, massive game. Mike Evans, massive game. Um, I think that Tom Brady needs – I mean, obviously, he does hook up with Mike Evans, but – I mean, you've got like, – he's just such a monster. I mean, in, in, especially in one-on-one coverage. I mean, there's not too many cornerbacks who are going to be competing with Mike Evans just due to his size, his length, his catch radius. is just unbelievable. But uh, Tom Brady throws for over 400 yards, three touchdowns. Mike Evans, um, three touchdowns, over 200 yards. Chris Godwin, over 100 yards. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Buccaneers, but again, it's kind of like the Green Bay Packers. It's like, I don't know if this is a team that you want to play in the postseason because it's – Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they just know how to get it done. I would lean Tom Brady. He knows how to get it done more than Aaron Rodgers, clearly. But uh, the Buccaneers may not be a team that Dallas is just chomping at the bit to play in the playoffs. Oh, exactly. They have so many big people. They've been there. They, Like you said, Tom Brady's been, done this a million times. And uh, what's been impressing me a lot is as he keeps getting older and, and ages, that arm is still looking younger than ever. He's got an absolute rocket. Yeah. He throws in, like you said, he's got Mike Evans out there and, and some other great receivers. So I think, uh, I think, like you said, they could be a team that just sneaks in and then, you know, breaks some hearts. Absolutely. We'll see what happens. It's going to be exciting. Plus, they're going to host because they're going to win their division. So they'll be hosting. Uh, it's, it, it, if the playoffs were today, the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll just kind of look at that briefly here, Mitch. Uh, as it stands today, we'll have the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC have the bye. We'd have Buffalo, New England in Buffalo. I think that would be a massacre like it was last year. Uh, we'd have Cincinnati in Baltimore, which would be a great game. I mean, we haven't seen Lamar Jackson for a few weeks, so who knows? I think Cincinnati would come out on top there. We'd have the Chargers in Jacksonville, which would be, I think, my favorite game out of all of those. That would be an absolute 
absolute barn burner. Uh, then we look to the NFC. We'd have Philadelphia with the bye, who have lost two straight games, obviously, with Garner Minshew at the helm. Uh, San Francisco, Seattle. Uh, Mitch, I'm going to tell you right now, For I'm looking for the San Francisco upset. Uh, I'm looking for whoever they play the first round to beat them. I'm not sold on Brock Purdy. Let's just talk about them quickly. Are you loving what you're seeing from Brock Purdy? I mean, yeah, I'm not. I think it's uh, Kyle Shanahan. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. Yeah. It's not necessarily Brock Purdy. I, I mean, he's uh, he's great run design. He's uh, he, he's sadly, you know, struggled in those big moments that we know with Kyle Shanahan and uh, some of those Super Bowls and, and things. But I really do am a big believer in him. They have all the pieces. So, um, I mean, you're a quarterback. Um, you know, you know, it's not always it's a team sport. So uh, they have everything around them. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a sold on Brock Purdy being the future or anything like this, but because of the, the players around them and the great coaches, uh, I could see them um, making a run. So I'd be a little scared if I were you betting on the upset, but uh, especially if it's Seattle as it stands right now, but uh, Hey, it's every, any given Sunday, as we know. No, absolutely. They've got a fantastic defense. And I just, you know, when it comes to the big moments, I'm just, I'm excited to see what he brings. But I mean, with a guy like Christian McCaffrey, I mean, they're just so stacked in every other position. You know, I mean, we can say Brock Purdy he hasn't lost yet and he's looked fantastic. So uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of sniffing around going that might be pretending, but, and especially too, because of all of the, all of the public, I should, you know, and all of the, you know, NFL media is all over the 49ers. I could see a big upset happening there. Uh, but then Minnesota and the Giants, kind of a snoozer. I would lean Minnesota there. I know the Archer is going to be upset that I would lean Minnesota there. And then uh, Tampa Bay, Dallas, obviously. So, I mean, it's super exciting that the NFL playoffs are here. I mean, it just seems like not long ago was week one. It's so funny how fast the NFL season goes. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting uh, Monday night football week 18. And then we get the playoffs, Mitch. Uh, fired up to say the least. Oh yeah. Sign me up. This is going to be another great year. So many fun teams in it. It seems, uh, like there are some of these teams. It'd be interesting what the 49ers do, what Jacksonville does some, some young quarterbacks there without much playoff experience. Let's, let's see if they can get it done. You know, when the, when the lights are on, but, uh, either way, uh, I mean, it's that time of year, man. This is, we're ramping up for, for all things, sports and it just kind of starts with the uh, playoff football and then i think the ball just gets rolling for the rest of the year absolutely absolutely it's super exciting so all right that's going to conclude quarter one gosh I'm, I'm all over the map i'm a little rusty there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of select can't miss events with access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. To be completely honest with you, Mitch, in terms of nav- navigating the podcast, but let's move into quarter two. We got some NBA talk. And it's been an, you know, an exciting few weeks in the NBA. I mean, we've had a lot of players been going off. I mean, we look at Luca, we look at uh, Zion Williamson and, and John Morant. But let's start things off with John Morant. And he's getting a signature shoe with Nike. And I'm assuming that Nike's got a little wiggle room now that they've dropped Kyrie Irving. But the signature shoe, I mean, you know, you might not think that this is big news. But if I look, I revert back to that top 10 Forbes list, Mitch. And I mean, Kevin Durant made more money off the court than he did on the court last year. Um, Steph Cur- Stephen Curry again made more money off the court than he did on the court. LeBron as well. I mean, these shoe deals are massive for these athletes, and John Moran is certainly going to secure the bag from Nike getting this new deal. Yeah, it's uh, hey, I'm a big sneakerhead, and I uh, like what I saw from the design on it on him and his team. But uh, did you see the logo, Greg? I haven't seen the logo. Oh, it's uh, it's insane. It looks like an upside down Kobe logo. Like I'm, I'm okay. shocked they were allowed to do that. And if I know he's a big Kobe guy, and you know, but um, wasn't loving the creativity on the on the logo. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't but like the that shoe at all. Itself, I, I did like and uh, Jaw man, he has with the kids in the younger generation. I think he's he's really tapped in there, and you know, he's he's a fun. Mm 
high energy player to watch. So can see why Nike, you know, made him the next guy. Yeah. But like you said, man, that's uh, securing the bag for generations. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I'm a big John Morant guy as well. I'm a big Memphis Grizzlies guy, to be completely honest with you. Obviously, Dylan Brooks, we got our Canadian fellow on that team. But even Desmond Bain, and, you know, Steven Adams, I really like what they're, you know, they're and they've been in the mix the last two years, have really surprised people. Um, and Ja being, you know, the front runner of that team, the leader of that team. I've really liked what I've saw for the Grizzlies. Hopefully they can, you know, experience some more playoff success. But, um, you know, obviously, Josh, securing the bag with the new shoe. Any thoughts on where Kyrie Irving might go? Or, like, what? I, I've heard that there's, like, a, a foreign international company that might, uh, you know, design a shoe for him. But any is there any, um, you know, news on that front in terms of what Kyrie Irving is going to be wearing for a, for a shoe? Nothing that I've seen. I would love for one of these kind of smaller brands to take a risk on him and uh, and sign him up. How funny would it be to see like a Skechers? Like a Kyrie <laughs> Irving Skechers? It's just something completely out of yeah, yeah. Out of left squares. Field. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It's. Uh, I thought it was funny that he was kind of. Uh, I think he was taping over the logo yeah. on his Nike and and writing messages and um, using the platform that way. But um, I mean, hey, he's still a mega superstar. He um, he has a huge following, so I'm sure it's only a matter of time. But uh, yeah, definitely something to keep your your eyes out for in the in the news headlines. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of an interesting case study there too with Nike. Not the most ethical company in the world, um, but anyway. That's for another time. Um, Mitch, Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar, uh, is the leading scorer in Trailblazers history. He's been a big, he's been vocal about staying in Portland and, and really trying to bring a championship to Portland. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but, you know, obviously a phenomenal player and, uh, you know, a guy that's just a walking bucket night in, night out, but all-time leader in scoring there, it's a huge accomplishment and, you know, definitely going to get his, his uh, jersey raised uh, in the Portland banners when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm personally a, a big fan. I do think he's in that that conversation for for one of the best shooters of all time. Um, I mean, Curry, of course, but um, he's a cold blooded sniper, man. He yes. some of those shots he's hit in the playoffs, just in the right moments, like half court, like yep. that, that. I'll never forget that meme where he's under the pile and he's just kind of looking at the camera and what what an iconic shot that is. And and like you said, just someone that's willing to stay in the same franchise, be loyal. That's so overlooked these days. Someone like a Giannis yep. or like a Dame, like there's not many people doing that, especially so in the NBA. Uh, you know, just chasing, yeah. just chasing stack teams and championships. And I mean, I, I see both sides of the story. Don't get me wrong, but it would be nice to see Dame go on a run and, and, you know, have the ability to be, have those clutch moments like we've seen in the past. But I think, you know, CJ leaving, but they do have some exciting talent. I mean, uh, Jeremy Grant, uh, who's there from uh, Detroit. I mean, he can score. Uh, is it Shaden Sharp? I, I do believe uh, is there. He's a rookie or second year, and he's been phenomenal. So they do have some fun pieces, but they're obviously they're just not uh, you know built to to go on a run or even be a playoff team. Yeah, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Gary Payton, he might be. He's making his return. His first game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for that. And uh, like you said, they they have some some pieces. I don't know if you know they're they're ready to to uh, make a run here but uh, a fun a fun team in a in a cool city so uh yeah I, I like to root for for dame absolutely the trailblazers dame leading scorer all time in the history of the franchise dude this luka Doncic guy is just a freak of nature um i mean what a the game against the knicks uh i'll revert back to that because that was such a crazy game I and mean, they were down by nine points i don't know how much time was on the clock was it a minute 13 down by nine mitch i think it was something like that they come back and tied sorry go ahead I think you're right on there. I yeah. think it was, uh, and just like the whole sequence from the the th the three throw, the bounce off the rim to get it, yeah, throw it up there, and then do that wacky celly. That was uh, yeah, that was odd. <laughs> I didn't know if he was like kind of like coordinating the defense of like a press or if he was just celebrating. But it was just, I mean, his last five games: fifty-one points, thirty-four points, sixty points, thirty-two points, fifty points. He leads the league in thirty-four point two points per game. Um, and these, <clears throat> he's not just doing this in the points. Uh, he's the first player in NBA history to have a 60 20 10 60 29 i'm not sure what that stat line looked like but i mean he's he fills the stat sheet i mean this guy i would say is in the conversation for mvp with jason tatum and, and Giannis. but i mean this guy he puts the mavericks on his back i mean in fourth place in the west he is one of the more electric players to watch in the nba right now oh yeah big uh big luka guy like 
Uh, yeah, I think you're right. 60-20-10 first time in NBA history. He's putting up triple doubles like it's nothing. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the quote from uh, Coach Pop there uh, two nights ago, I believe. He said he was trying to keep uh, Luca under 50, and Luca dropped 51 on them. So uh, <laughs> they, they were they were they were seen after the game, kind of chuckling about that. But uh, but it's like uh, you know a 50 point game is some franchises only have a few guys that have ever done it, and he's doing it you know, day in and day out. So it's, uh, I think it's something special to see. Like you said, don't take it for granted. This guy is going to be going down in the history books. Oh my goodness. Just absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, the points that he's putting up are just, they're just outrageous. And it's funny, you know, after that, uh, after the 60, 2010 game, he said he needed a celebratory beard and how tired he was. I mean, he's not like the most like fit guy either. Like he's got a kind of that layer of beer fat on him and, I mean, he just knows how to get it done. He's just such an incredible talent. I'm a, I mean, obviously, how can you not be a huge Luka fan, uh, you know, in the NBA scene? Mitch, I did want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, you know, kind of, you know, reflecting back, since they've fired Steve Nash, they've been the best team in the NBA. They've put the best record since firing Steve Nash. Um, you know, they, they now sit second place uh, in the Eastern Conference, and Ben Simmons has looked better. Uh, Kyrie Irving's playing very well. I mean, Kevin Durant, one of the most elite players in the world. I mean, I think if these guys stay on track, I mean, they're going to be a team come playoff time that you're not going to want to face. No, exactly. And it's crazy just how much a uh, changing of a, of a coach there, you know, kind of just a fresh start. Uh, they can the Canadian and, and look, look at them go, man. I mean, we all, they had the potential, but it's just wild to believe a guy like Steve Nash, you know, one of the best point guards to ever do it was holding them back. Um, so I'm interested if he'll ever land another uh, coaching opportunity or if that was kind of a one and done type uh, type thing for, for Steve there. Yeah. I'm wondering too, like, obviously we'd never know the inside daily uh, kind of practices of, of Steve Nash, but I'm wondering if Steve had an ego. I mean, Steve is a massive character and a very famous character. And, and you know that Kyrie and Kevin are walking in with some massive egos. I wonder if there was a clashing of egos at times. Um, and I think that, you know, when you have a coach that's been hired there, I don't know what his name is, uh, Mitch, but I wonder if, uh, you know, he's kind of given a little bit more leeway, a little bit more leadership, a little bit more voice to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to kind of, you know, live with these big egos and do their own thing, uh, where Steve might have had tried to have more of a say in their everyday lives. I'm not sure. Obviously, that's complete speculation, but obviously things didn't work out for Steve Nash, and you just have to you know, wonder what went wrong. Yeah, I believe it's Jacques Vaughn. I might be mispronouncing it there, so don't quote me on the uh, pronunciation there, but was he their assistant and then yeah. he got the interim job yeah, yeah. so it's cr it's crazy because obviously he would have seen everything going on but um yeah good for him man it's you know sometimes you know these opportunities come up and it's uh you know how much you make out of them so whether uh, he gets the job at the end of the year full-time or you know land something elsewhere he's he's doing a great job absolutely Absolutely. Well, we got to talk about LeBron going off on his birthday. All the chalkboard listeners, all the chalkboard active users knew that we were on the LeBron James over 45 points, assists, rebounds. And that was a lock, man. He went off 47, 9, and 10. Uh, I mean, LeBron and the Lakers have been such a mess this year, Mitch. Obviously, Anthony Davis has shown up for two games and he's missing a bunch of time like he always does. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the NBA world is calling their championship of the bubble kind of lucky or kind of, you know, very fortunate. Um, you know, things in Disney world weren't as, uh, as friendly as, you know, you know, maybe teams like to have it with their home crowds and, and, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't your typical NBA run, but I mean, these Lakers have been absolutely terrible. Like, do we see them making moves or are we just seeing them be, you know, a fringe play on playing team in the NBA and, and just kind of you know, ride LeBron and, 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 and Westbrook into the dirt here. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they're going to be riding bronze coattails. Interested to see if they're going to make a move. Is Russ on the block? Is he staying? Uh, what are they doing there? Are they going to add one more piece? I've heard uh, Buddy Held's name come up in the in the mix. Yep. Um, you know, give guys like, you know, give them another shooter there, um, especially with LeBron, you know, bringing so much in the paint there. So it's I think there could be I would like to see them make a piece. Uh, I'm not the biggest Lakers fan, but, you know, if you are, I think you've You've got to be thinking the same thing. They're just like, they have the, they have the, they need, well, firstly, they need to get healthy. They need, they need, uh, AD. Brow to get healthy. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's an absolute band aid. 
but um, yeah, I, I do think they they'll, they'll sneak in, and uh, and then I, I mean it's LeBron James, just like these other these other veterans in their sports we've talked about. Uh, you never know; you can never count him out. And uh, yeah, like you said, he's an absolute beast, and what a performance on his his birthday! Man, incredible. I mean, what do you expect? I love how he shares the same birthday with Tiger Woods as well. I'll be aiming to have a children, a child on. Uh, I think it's is it the 29th or thirtieth? This is the twenty ninth. Thirtieth. Yeah. The thirtieth. Okay. So yeah, I'll be I'll be doing the math with my future wife, and and I'll be figuring out how to get uh, Brady Brown born on that day. Um, but uh, just finally mention the NBA. Jordan Poole. Um, you know you can't uh, you can't say enough how good he is and how good he has been in Steph Curry's absence. Uh, they've won four in a row. I mean, this guy's a walking bucket. I love watching Jordan Poole play. He's got kind of that Kyrie Dame type handle where he likes to dance a little bit when he's got the ball. I really like watching Jordan Poole, but uh, obviously Golden State's got a phenomenal ball player in, in that guy. Yeah, I know. The the Poole story is a cool one, and and he man, he's another guy. Opportunity came up, and, and he's making the most of it, so it's uh, it's great to see. You can only imagine what they're going to be like when, when Curry gets back, but uh, a team that, once again, I mean, like every year, to, to look out for. No doubt, no doubt. Once come playoff time, Definitely not a team you want to play. Um, all right, Mitch, that's going to conclude the NBA talk. Let's move into quarter three here. We've got some National Hockey Talk, National Hockey League Talk, NHL. Um, and I did want to start off. Obviously, this is we're reverting back a few weeks. This is some old news, uh, but because we haven't recorded in so long that I did want to bring up. But Roman Yossi, I mean, this guy, what a tremendous talent. And I'm not sure if Roman Yossi's discussed enough. I think that he certainly should have won uh, the Norris Trophy last year over Kale McCarr. Might be a hot take, uh, but led D-man in scoring. I think he almost had 100 points last year uh, as a D-man. He is the leading scorer in Nashville Predators history. The captain of that team. A guy that really doesn't get talked about enough. But Roman Yossi, man, what an absolute monster. Happy to see him being the leading scorer all the time. Yeah, I know. Congrats to Roman. 570 points, I believe. Uh, passing David Leguan. Oh, Anyone what a name. Heard, heard in a while. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Philip Forsberg sitting in third there, but man, they've been a franchise since 1998. So definitely a bit of a, one of the younger franchises. And uh, like you said, I think it's maybe just a team in general that probably doesn't get all the media attention, True. but uh, congrats to, to Roman, um, you know, like you said, a fantastic player and, you know, he's just going to keep racking up those points. Be a fun city to play in though. Nevertheless <clears throat> would be Nashville. Um but uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Philip Forsberg as well. He's he's uh, I don't know who's older between the two of them. I think that Roman Yossi is a little bit older than Philip Forsberg, but I, but I could see Forsberg uh, obviously a tremendous right winger. Man, I, I go back to that uh, Washington Capitals trade when they traded Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg. You know, uh, Washington's kicking themselves for that. Looking back on that, but Arbor Jack, I Mitch. Arbor Jack guy, this is an interesting guy. They call him Wi-Fi because his name is spelled obnoxiously, but obviously defense rookie defenseman for the for the Montreal Canadiens. This guy is fighting some of the toughest guys in the league. He was working at Costco last year, four-year player in the OHL, I do believe. But man, did the Montreal Canadiens find a sleeper here? This guy's going to be a tremendous defenseman for them for years to come, and he might be one of the toughest guys in the league. Like the next guy for him to fight is like maybe Marcus Foligno or or, or Ryan Reeves. Like he he tuned up Pat Maroon pretty good. Oh yeah, and uh, Luke Shen before that, I believe. Yeah, he's big fan of him myself, Greg. Uh, yeah, growing up, growing up in the Waterloo region, he uh, okay, unbelievable story. He went undrafted to the OHL. He got picked up by the Kitchener Rangers on a tryout. Okay, played two and a half years. Got traded to his hometown team, the Hamilton uh, Bulldogs. Nice uh, for them to make a Mem Cup run. Uh, does still doesn't get drafted to the NHL. Gets the opportunity this year with the Canadians. Kind of expected to play for the Laval uh, in the AHL and makes the most of his opportunity in the preseason. And and like you said, the guy's tough as nails. Like, man, would I like to have a player like him on my team? He's oh my young. goodness, he'll he'll do everything for you. Like it's uh, yeah, like you said, Montreal found a diamond in the rough here. Oh man, he's been tremendous to watch. Um, and it's not like he's a slouch either. Like he can play. Uh, he logs decent minutes and he can put up some points. He can, you know, he, he's had a few games where I've looked on the shot on goals and he's been like in that six, seven range. Like he can play the game of hockey as well. Um, I always think too, Mitch, I mean, in the day and age of the flash and the Michigan and the hands drills, if you can play and you can work your bag off, if you can skate and you can hit, there's going to be a place for you on NHL roster. So like if you're you know, a young dad and your kid, it's not always about the flash. Obviously the flashers are always going to be room for the flash, but there's also two lines and some depth pieces in your teams that are going to need to be able to play a certain way. And 
It seems like it's a little bit more rare these days, but Arbor Jack guy has been an extremely great find for the Montreal Canadiens. And they've got to be pumped. I mean, they've got a lot of young guys, and uh, obviously there's been a lot of tough stories uh, with Carey Price and Shea Weber, and, you know, it's been a bit of a change of the scene there. But if they get a good draft pick, which it looks like they make this year, and I think they've also got Florida, the Florida Panthers pick as well. Uh, so they might have two high picks because Florida's struggling right now in the Atlantic and and the Montreal Canadiens, they could make things, this could be a two, three year retool. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you forget that they made the finals a couple of years ago, but I mean, they might retool pretty quickly and have a roster that, you know, it could be dangerous in the Atlantic division moving forward. Yeah, no, they're one of those Canadian teams that has an extremely bright future. And uh, if they can ever sneak into the playoffs, I mean, Wi-Fi, like, his his game is just built for the playoffs. 100%. So um so look out look out for him if they can, you know, make a make the playoffs one of these next few years, mm. but like you said they're they're building it the right way. Absolutely. Uh just moving into the Metropolitan Division, Mitch. Um so we've got Carolina and they've been such a fantastic team the last few years. Rob Brandon has those guys buzzing. They're going to get Max Pacioretty back this week, which they're probably thrilled about. Uh this guy is a point per game guy if not more. Uh pure goal scorer. I don't know where he's going to fit into that lineup. I've been reading that he'll probably slot as the third line left winger in the second line power play, but I could see him being moved up fairly quickly. He's a you know, tremendous talent. Uh, that Brent Burns acquisition has been fantastic. Uh, but this Metropolitan Division outside of the Carolina Hurricanes, because I'm fairly sure that they're going to be locked in a playoff team, it's going to be a tight race. I mean, we look at the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. All of those five teams are going to be fighting it out for the playoff spots, and it's going to be one to watch, man. These, the, all these four teams or five teams are within a few points of each other, and I mean, I don't know where you're leaning in the Metro. I mean, all of these teams, to me, could go on runs and could fall off. I mean, they're all kind of in that, and they're all teams, too, that come playoff time you don't want to play. Yeah, I'm I'm jumping on the the Capitals bandwagon, man. Yeah, wow, Ovi's been fun to watch this year. Um, kind of speaking of Ovi, there, um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but did you see after the Montreal game? The, <laughs> he gets the hat trick, and then he goes meets the moms of the Canadians and gets a photo with them. Like, like yeah, what are you saying if you're one of those moms' kids and you're on Montreal? Like, yeah, that's a tough scene for the Montreal that, Canadians soon. Like your moms are taking a photo with an opposition, but I mean. In their defense, I mean, Ovi's going to go down as the best goal scorer in the history of the league. I mean, he's a big-time beauty. I mean, there's there's worse guys that, I mean, if they're all taking a photo with Trevor Zegers, I think there's a little bit more chirp-worthy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think with the, and there's a there's a, there's a short list of guys that if your mom was taking a photo with, you wouldn't be that disturbed. And I think Ovi's on that list, I think Crosby's on that list, maybe McDavid. I mean, there's a short list of guys that if they take a photo with them, I, but I, I did see that. It went viral. I posted it actually on the social media today. I mean, that's... It's a tough scene, though. I mean, regardless, you know, if he's a star, I mean, any any player getting a photo with a bunch of moms, it's cherub worthy next time they play. Oh yeah, he's he's got a you know a beautiful wife. This isn't no Zach Wilson situation here, <laughs> so uh, I don't think there's anything to be too concerned about. But yeah, I just thought that was that was kind of a uh, funny. But man, always been uh, fun to watch. I mean, him and Crosby are. are flying under the radar for having some of the best years of their, their career. You know, it's, uh, it's impressive to see. Yeah. Every year it seems like, uh, and I'll, and I'll throw Patrice Bergeron in that mix too. It's kind of like every off season, those months seem long and it's just, you know, how, you know, they, people project, you know, how much of these guys going to fall off and we forget that it's only a few months. And, you know, I think Pittsburgh's a team that if they get in, like that's such a dangerous team, in my opinion, they should have won that series against New York last year. Uh, obviously with Tristan Jari going down and then having to play some of their backup goaltending. But I mean, yeah, they're those, all three of those teams, the Bruins, the Capitals and Penguins, like those are teams that know how to get it done. They're, they're like wily veterans and, and they're teams that uh, will make some noise in the playoffs if they get in. Um, and they haven't, they haven't regressed uh, by any means. And, and when you, when you talk about the Washington Capitals too much, they're a team that had you know, been littered. They were littered with injuries uh, and they're getting healthy. So team to watch for sure. But I think that Metropolitan Division is going to be exciting moving forward. Uh, I did want to talk about Connor McDavid before we get into the World Juniors, Mitch. 72 points. I mean, like it, it, this guy is such an outrageous player. I, I, I mean, I think people are, are, you know, give him enough love. And I mean, I don't, I've never seen a hockey player. In my opinion, he's the greatest, most evolved hockey player we've ever seen in the NHL. Just such a tremendous guy night in, night out. He's putting up monstrous numbers. Like, what, what is this guy going to put up at the end of the year? McJesus, man. It's insane. Like, is there anyone else in 
North American sports right now that's dominating their sport like he is. Like I can't think of any names that are that are coming to mind. It's it's quite impressive. Um, he's finally really hit the gas pedal on the goal scoring. I know yep. he's obviously been a pass first guy, but um, I think it's like he's leading like every statistical category. It's it's bonkers. And then the worst part is they can. I don't even know if they're in a playoff spot. Like it's 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 hard to wrap your head around. They're outside looking in. I've got a future on them. Listeners will know this. I've got a future on them to win the cup. I love their odds preseason. You can get them at like plus 2,000 because I just think that Connor McDavid's going to win a few cups throughout his career. And that will be a team that I'll always sprinkle uh, for futures. But yeah, like you said, Mitch, I mean, he's just such a dominant player. And I don't know if there is a player across the North American sports uh, that dominates night in, night out. And is just so much better than everybody else. Um, you know, he just drags that team. It, it's just, it is so outrageous if you're an NHL fan you know, if you're checking box scores, there's never there's never a player that's consistently in the box score as much as Connor McDavid. Like you'll you almost guarantee that he is a part of the plays and the goal scoring for that team. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I do believe that they're going to be a playoff team when it's all said and done. Hopefully, Jack Campbell can wake up. Stuart Skinner's been a nice surprise for them. Hopefully, that tandem can can start to. Uh, can play a little bit more consistently and hopefully they can maybe bolster their back end. I know they've been in the mix for some defensemen and um, I think that that's going to be, you know, a, ma- a major topic of discussion come trade deadline is, is the defenseman that move around uh, maybe Jacob Chikrin, who knows? Uh, but uh, no, they've been fantastic, but Mitch, let's move into the world juniors. That's kind of been at the forefront of the hockey talk. It usually is during the, during the holiday season. Uh, definitely a tradition for myself. I, I would, I would assume that it's yours as well. Mitch, every boxing day, you get excited for the Canada game and you follow along. It's only a week and a half, two week tournament, but uh, Connor Bedard, I mean, this kid is absolutely outrageous. What's he got? He's got 30 points in, in 13 games, 30 points in 13 games in the world juniors. I don't really know why they counted the summer points, but I mean, Connor Bedard, I mean, we're we're watching the next generational talent. It's been just tremendous. Yeah, he's what one point away from the Lindros record. He's played like I don't know sixty percent of the games. Um, it's like you said, it's it almost it's given me like those Connor McDavid vibes. You don't want to ever put some that kind of pressure on someone. Uh, and he's but uh, man, it's like he has the I like like you know being in the Toronto area and stuff. He kind of has like the the Marner kind of vision and passing with the Matthew shot. Like it's, I really, really like what I see, man. I haven't been this excited to watch world juniors. And since I was really young, like the Eberle, the, the, those days, uh, this team was stacked. We were kind of shocked when, you know, they lost that first game, but wow. It's uh, he is, like you said, he's something else. He's going to shatter the record, assuming they make a little bit of a run here. I know they play tonight. You'll probably, you know, break the record in the first period. Yeah, absolutely. They get uh, Slovakia uh, tonight uh, in the quarterfinals. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, Mitch, I mean, it's the amount of skill that he has, and and he's a unique guy. Like, he doesn't have the size of the superstars that we're used to, the generational superstars, but, you know, he just, he seems to slither, you know, through the neutral zone at times. He makes guys miss, and obviously his hands are tremendous. His shot is world-class already, and he's 17. I mean, he's still wearing the fishbowl. He uh, he really is. He's he's such a he's such a tremendous guy to watch, and, I mean, whatever team gets the number one overall pick is certainly has, uh, you know, a superstar that's going to sell tickets for them for the next two decades. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, Mitch, could you ever see a team like Arizona winning the lottery and him pulling a Lindros and saying, sorry, not going? I mean, I, I've never been a big fan of that. You know, it's, um, it was, I think Lindros did it with Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and the OHL as well. Um, but if there was ever a time for it, I think that's probably the time, man. Imagine um, pulling up to Mullet Arena and <laughs> you, they're, they're still not selling out 4,000 fans or whatever. And they got the number one guy. Like, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't, I know he grew up a big Canucks fan. So, yep. I mean, that would be, that would be pretty cool, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he did that, but um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a weird year. <laughs> like are people going to start tanking for him near the end? Um, I know, I don't know if it's been a few years in a row now, but the people, the, the, the last team isn't actually landing the first overall pick just with these crazy lottery yeah. system. Yeah. So it's, there's no guarantees. If you can get yourself in that mix, you might get lucky and, and land a, a generational talent like uh, like Bedard. 
Absolutely. And obviously, too, too, the scouts talk about how deep this draft is and, and how, how much talent there is just even in the first couple rounds. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, teams like Columbus, teams like Chicago, teams like Philly, uh, you know, they're all going to be teams in the mix for this guy. Uh, and then, like you said, Mitch, I mean, if you come in the bottom seven, eight teams, you have an opportunity. I mean, I think the seventh last team has like a 5% chance. Like, you know, your name's in the hat. You never know. So, you know, strange things have happened in the NHL draft. So uh, I did want to talk about Connor Bedard, but I mean, for everybody watching, obviously the quarterfinals are on today. We've got the semifinals on tomorrow and then the gold medal and bronze medal game will be on Thursday. So uh, I think the fans of Halifax have really enjoyed it. Obviously, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get my hands on some tickets and make it in, but I think the, you know, the atmosphere has been fantastic. And obviously we do it right on the East Coast. I don't want to, you know, prop it up too much, but I think, uh, you know, being in these junior rinks, uh, in Moncton and Halifax have really provided a nice atmosphere, especially compared to the summertime in Edmonton where, you know, tickets and, and attendance, attendance was fairly sparse. And, and uh, obviously in the COVID year, I think it's pretty refreshing for these guys. Yeah, I've loved what I've seen from the fans there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it was supposed to be in Russia until all that stuff went down, and then they had to kind of plan this. So it's been it's been great to see, like you said, some some sweet ranks. I've I've uh, gone to a Mooseheads game there at uh, Scotiabank Center, uh, sweet rank, and I think just kind of those yeah those smaller ranks um, get get those crowd noise. It probably bounces around the walls, and and it feels like an absolute electric arena. And uh, and even some of these fans from some of like these smaller teams like Latvia, like have you seen those fans? They're going bonkers. Oh yeah, it's electric. It's electric. Actually, I was watching uh, Austria versus Germany, uh, and obviously the winner of that game avoided the relegation game, and Germany ended up winning four two. But the fans were so into it, and I mean that's so important. I think when hosting one of these tournaments, these international tournaments, is is you know the home. It's great to have the home fan base and have the home teams games be electric. But when you can create an at- an atmosphere that these players won't forget in, you know, for the teams that aren't from that home t- area, like the Austria-Germany game, the f- fans were completely into it. They're sellout crowds. It's really special for these guys. And, and um, you know, I know a lot of the arguments too, Mitch, is like these teams like Austria and Germany and Latvia, they're all getting blown out. But you know what? These are experiences for them to come over to Canada and play in this event and play against a player like Conor Bedard and a lot of these Canadian players, you know, Shane Wright and Dylan Gunther and, um, you know, Brent Clark. I mean, all of these guys, a long list of NHLers. I mean, these are you know, these are stories that they'll tell their kids, their, their grandchildren, and, and, you know, maybe even, you know, you know, make some noise in the scouting world and, and be able to play in the NHL. So, you know, I, I'm a big believer that they're doing it right in the world junior scene. And, and, uh, no, it, it's been, it's been, you know, really fun to watch. Yeah. They're, like you said, they're giving these guys a platform. This is some of the, this is the peak for some of these guys when it comes to their athletic career. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's awesome. Like you said, that's something they could tell their grandkids. It's, uh, you know, there's some other sports like with college football and basketball, same kind of thing. These guys that will be at the peak and never make it professionally, but man, it's, I'm sure it's great to have those, those stories, you know, those bar stories, the rest of your life. All right, Mitch, let's hop into the PGA tour. we got a quick quarter here. We've got the first tournament of the season. I love golf. I love how my Thursdays always have the leaderboard checking, maybe some, some first round leader sweats. It's just golf's a very fun sport because it is every week uh, because of the betting is so diverse and it just, I'm just a huge golf fan. So I'm really excited to have it back, Mitch. It's been a long few weeks without it, um, but we get the center, the, the century tournament of champions. So we've got a field of 36 players, no cut event at Kapalua, the plantation course in Hawaii, obviously very famous course. The views are stunning. Um, but the one and done pool is obviously going to very, you know, be very special, um, uh, DraftKings will be, you know, all over it betting, but, uh, you know, some massive names in the field as well. But Mitch, do you have any guys that you're looking at for the one and done and maybe for some betting, uh, guys that you think uh, could get in the mix to win here? Yeah, definitely. And just, uh, like you said, man, the, this course, like after watching this, this tournament over the past few years, man, I, it's on my bucket list going up and golfing in Hawaii. It's got some serious Jurassic Park vibes to it. Definitely. Um, but I think this week I am leaning towards a recent winner, Mr. Victor Hovland. Okay. He's someone I've circled, uh, obviously winning the, the hero there. And, uh, and someone that, I mean, all these guys won. They're all great golfers. But um, he's just someone with that recent performance. He's just over, he's such a steady golfer o- overall. And I think just, you know, getting getting early on the leaderboards in, in the uh, one and done, you know, 
Um, I want to see my name up there, so I think I'm going to go with with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, look out for those Canadians. Uh, Hughes and Connor is both in there. They could be some sneaky, um, sneaky bets there. But those are kind of three names that that really came to mind. How about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I love the Canadian content on the you know on the PGA Tour these days. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, I think Taylor Pendrith could have a strong year as well this year uh, outside of those guys. But uh, yeah, Mitch, you, you might uh, you might not like this, but uh, my two guys that I'm flipping towards are a guy, another bald lefty, Brian Harmon, and a guy by the name of Sahith Tagala. Uh, those are two guys that I'm going to be looking at. Um, I'll probably have top 10 bets on both those guys. Uh, I think the gal is going to get a win at some point this year. I really am attracted to the four day no cut. Brian Harmon's a guy who can sniff around. He's a first round leader. I always like to kind of sniff around on. I like his talent. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be kind of going off the board, uh, in terms of, I'm, I'm going to be avoiding the big guns, um, and, uh, and looking towards Brian Harmon and Heath the gal. I don't know what you feel about that, Mitch. Hey, I think uh, you're playing the long game there with saving some of these, uh, you know, top players in the world for other tournaments. Um, you've done this before. You know how this works. But uh, always a Sahith Takawa guy. He's, uh, he seems like a great human being, um, such a genuine dude. was happy to see him get on the uh, leaderboard there. He won the, was it the two-ball event? Yeah, the, yep. the, uh, Tiburon, yeah. The, uh, shoot, what do they call that? Uh, yeah, the, um, the two-man shootout. Um, which, uh, was he playing with Hoagie, Tom Hoagie? Yeah, I believe so. It was, yeah. it was super random. That's an event that kind of isn't always on my radar. Yeah. Um, just being near the end of the year and yeah. being in such a unique format, but uh, good for him. And yeah, he's got, I think he's got a bright future, man. This could be a year he sneaks on maybe, you know, uh, is in the mix in a major. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mitch, it has been an, a great ride. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we're going to be doing this again. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always fun chatting sports with you and chopping it up. But to the listeners, make sure you're on all of the social media. Make sure you're in this one-and-done pool. I, I mean, it's free to enter. The DI merch package, the free golf bag from Run Your Pool. Uh, the one-and-done is going to be phenomenal. Make sure you join the pool. Make sure you're in the chalkboard app and chopping it up. We'll get some bets on the go tonight. Um, but uh, everybody listen enjoy your weeks we'll be back on Friday Mitch thanks again my man it's been a pleasure